Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by TJS Ceramics, Posh Boutique in the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in T, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment lovers. This week's show features the man that gave us flyover country to rep the Midwest, Vani Harari. But there's so much more to Vani than t-shirts, hoodies, and caps. Then we talk to singer-songwriter Blake Rave. Blake Rave in the Unmentionables and will be pre-show and intermission entertainment for tomorrow night's Junior League of Sioux Falls last comic standing competition at the district. Doors open at 6.30. I happen to be the host. I'm looking forward to that. We've got nine great comics that are vying for 500 bucks cash. Plus, we'll tell you who or what gets this week's honorable mention, as well as choose another winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty. We can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. All right, yes, you know, last week we were, you know, toasting. Uh, you know, get that mug or whatever you have in your hand for whatever drink you have at whatever time you're having it to, you know, maybe spring? Okay, so now this week we're going to toast to the hope that fake spring has gone bye-bye and this really is spring. Spring. Oh, what a wonderful word. The Weekend Eve Toast is brought to you by The Sky and Tea. The Sky provides all caps fun, as in capital letters, you know. Okay, good, you got it, uppercase. And that is best had with friends. So have fun playing darts. You can have fun shooting pool. Uh, if you're there for some of that great live music from local musicians, you'll have fun. Maybe you want to be that music, the live and local music. Well, they have karaoke once a month. So have fun doing that. Have fun testing your knowledge at Trivia. Maybe you need a room to have a big company party or a benefit. The Sky's big back room fits that bill. No matter what's going on at the Sky, it's local and it's lively. It's time to choose a lucky winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. Everyone that follows the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook or Instagram is automatically entered to win a free pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. We pick a winner each week. This week, we say congratulations to Julie Haddock. We'll be in touch with you, Julie, to get you all set up with some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, Thin Crust Pizza. Pizza with the Podcasters, brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria, right across from USF at 26th and Waltz, and Sonny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, sonnyspizzeria.com. 
Honorable Mention. Oh, this week, just a couple of days ago, a smile on my face. Honorable Mention to this week's crowd at Chasers for Dave Holly Hour Trivia. Fun times even for those who didn't get in the money. And a big team drink to Chasers for having us there Tuesday nights for a few more weeks. Normally, we would take the summer off. No. It's doing so well, instead of skipping trivia for the summer to make room for their volleyball league, May 8th, we'll start playing there on Mondays. And that may end up a permanent move. But in the meantime, starting on May 8th, we'll be playing trivia at Chasers on Mondays and Tuesdays up until that time, okay? Later in the show, singer-songwriter Blake Wade just returned from playing pubs in London to be the pre-show and intermission band for tomorrow night's last comic standing. But up next, a man that's more than a creator, he's a facilitator and loves this community. Vani Harari on the Dave Holly Hour. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items too. TJS Ceramics offers classes through the Sioux Falls Community Education Program and special open studio nights every Thursday evening. Bisque, studio time, or finished custom items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. The Dave Holly Hour, like eavesdropping on a great conversation between two very interesting people. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, goodness gracious. It just get the hits keep on coming. That's what it is. The hits just keep on coming. You know, I'm going to say yes, and I'll do it for you right now. It's always a pleasure to talk to Empire Arts and Entertainment. Always a pleasure to have a new guest on the show. Wanted to have this guy on a year or two back, but he had COVID at the time. Vani Hariri, how are you? Yeah, I'm better now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> better now. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you are the man behind uh, Flyover Country. Yes, yes. That's one of them. That's one of the things you do. Yeah. And what else is there besides Vani Hariri and Flyover Country? Uh, that is my, actually, my more primary business, uh, Think 3D. I'm the co-founder of Think 3D. We specialize okay. in leadership development training and organizational and community consulting. So we help people make their environment a better place to be. Okay. Now, is that primarily local or is this more of a global type thing? You know, we hyper-focus on local. I mean, we have national right. clients and all of that, but mm -hmm. for us, it's just, we feel like people should work on where they live. Uh, you, you're going to get a better return. You know the people, that, you brother. love the people, yeah. you care about them. That's our thing. All right. So when did you move to Sioux Falls? So I moved to Sioux Falls mid-90s, 93 or 90, 93, I believe. And um, I originally from Buffalo, New York. 
and my uncle moved out here for some military stuff. Okay. And at the time, it was the number one place to live, and Buffalo uh, was right. not. <laughs> and so he called back and said, "Hey, it's clean and safe out here. You should you should come and uh, check it out." And and my mother would have thrown a dart at a map at that point, and so we uh -huh. came out here and gave it a try, and it stuck. And you've been lucky to be here ever since, and Very we've been so. lucky to have you here ever since. Absolutely. So the six oh five, you know, representing that by doing the whole flyover country yeah. you know and that encompasses obviously more than just us it, it's a pretty good section of uh <laughs> the middle of the united states yeah. and i remember the first time i ever heard it was 1983 in college and uh, the professor was talking about all of us being in flyover country because things fly from new york to la la to new york and so we're just this whole thing in the middle that doesn't get paid a lot of attention mm-hmm why did you want to put attention on it? For me, it's a couple of things. You know, first of all, it was just a situation where I wanted to be able to represent. I'm just a person that is a proud person, and I want to be able to represent where I'm from and, and my people. And I wanted to do it without having to wear a pheasant. So I just, first of all, I wanted something <laughs> a little bit more stylish that I felt more comfortable wearing and that type of thing. But the other piece of it is, is that I just identify with the sentiment, and that is people who are um, overlooked or uh, underappreciated. Mm -hmm. And I think about all of the amazing people that I have come to know right. in, in South Dakota and the surrounding areas. And I think about how amazing they are. And sometimes they all seem, not all, but 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 many people seem to be um, held back by this kind of idea of, of humility that I feel like got warped over time, where it was more self-deprecating than it was, you know, yeah. 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 And I wanted to break out of that. And I felt like it was such a limiter when we talk about big ideas and wanting to do things. There was a lot of this. Oh, shucks. That's not for us to do. It's for, you know, the coast to do. And I was like, what is going on here? And for me, I was just really passionate about saying that, you know, we can change that mindset and do big mm -hmm. things and that we have a perspective that other people can appreciate that other people might benefit from hearing. And I just wanted to change that wave and say for all of those people who feel like they're in flyover country, that they're being overlooked or undervalued, that there's a different way that we can approach it. That's not to say that I want everybody moving here. That's not what I want. But what it means is, is that we can represent our voice in the space and that we don't just have to surrender it to the rest of the world. So with flyover country, what was the first product you put out? First piece of merch? So the very first thing, um, black t-shirt. So I wear black pretty much, mm -hmm. you know, 90% uh, of the time. And so whenever I do these things, I would do prototypes. So I put some stuff together, I wear it out. And if X amount of people compliment say or say right. something to me, then I know I got something and then I invest more into it. I just had a simple black shirt with the logo on it. And I've had one of the widest cross sections of people that I ever experienced. Cause I did, you know, I've been doing music for a long time, 20 mm -hmm. plus years. And so we've done merch, and merch has to sell like that night, right? And so you gotta gotta get a vibe for what's gonna go that night. So I got a pretty decent feel for these type of things. And when I wore Flyover Country, everybody got it. Mm -hmm. Seven year old people got it. Fifteen year old people got it. Thirty year old people got it. Everybody understood what it meant. Some people in different ways. The right. older you were, the more the deeper it was, and the more of a, you felt the insult of it. Uh huh. The younger you are, like, oh, that's cool. That's us. That's us. <laughs> and it was just so cool. And I said, this is the ticket. How this many did you print first time? Um, Just a handful, like five. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, 
we we did uh we did a kind of an influencer my business partner uh josh novak we did a kind of influencer program so we did an all gold version which is will never be printed again and so we oh, did that's, all, a, that's a limited commemorative yeah, one okay yeah and, and we just spread it to a lot of people some people who didn't make sense in terms of what people might have thought right the traditional tastemaker but that's what we wanted to break we wanted to break that idea that it was the person who was the you know head football player or the person who had the really cool car or job or whatever and to be able to say like these are people that we just think are dope uh-huh and so we threw out a bunch of shirts and then that kind of went crazy and then after that that first month that we launched um which was uh um june of 2019 i believe um we sold out in uh i think a month month wow. or two yeah yeah and uh that was a uh, um so we started out with a, a couple orders of a few hundred all of those things sold out of those things hoodies sold out and and now it's more about trying to keep up with everything while i'm running I can imagine. businesses yeah so. Which is a good, which is not a problem at all. Exactly. <laughs> I, I always stop myself. We, we like success. Yes, we like success. Yeah. So I appreciate people as long as they're patient with me. And one of the places that you can pick up some merchandise is one of our great sponsors here on the Dave Polly Hour, Posh Boutique. Yes. Oh, they do yes. such a great job out there. And that's where my wife saw some and we, she had a gift certificate and she was going to use it on something else because we were getting ready to go on vacation. Uh, so we didn't buy anything that day. But it's like, well, not to worry. We're yes. going to have Fani over sometime. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm going to take care of you. Okay. And besides a posh boutique, then where else can people uh, so, go um, around and, and find some of the uh, gear and so forth? Yeah. So we do pop-ups all over at various mm-hmm. events and things of that nature. But where you can always get it is flyovercountryus.com. Flyovercountryus.com. So if people go in there, there's a couple things that they can do. So number one, they can go in there and look at the the different uh, products that we have, and they can grab something there. And if we're out, we're gonna get it back soon, so it'll be it'll be all right. But the other thing is, is that we don't just sell merchandise. That's the smallest part of it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we're trying to do is tell stories of people who are doing amazing things in the Midwest. So if you go on the website or on the Instagram, you can see vignettes of people who are doing cool things That's in the excellent. Midwest. And so we want to tell that story, but put them in some production, let people know what they're doing, and then we like to do some really different fun uh, events or kind of features or partnerships. Like we did a beer with Severance Brewing mm-hmm. um, uh, called the Where I'm From uh, Beer. And so um, <laughs> we do some different cool things like that. We're working on a vodka right now that, that, that'll that be coming out at some oh, point. Oh, with Quentin time. down at uh, yeah, Glacial? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, solid yeah. dude. Good, solid dude. Yeah, no, not so about So we love those guys. So that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like for us, you know, it's not a money grab. It's not any of those type of things. It's really about community. It's about saying, these people are our friends. We really care about these mm-hmm. people and what's happening with their businesses and what's happening in our community and just really trying to spread that part of it. Getting people back interested in being in their community versus work and escape, which is where most people find themselves. What has been one of the most fun events for you doing those pop-up events and, and getting mm-hmm. involved in uh, recording people and putting them in vignettes about great stories? What What's really hit you? There's a couple of cool things we did. We did some uh, stuff with the Canaries. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, some different uh, batting gear for their folks. We're going to be doing some different cool things with them in the future, which is really great. And then always, anytime we're doing stuff with 605 Magazine, whether it right. be the 605 Summer uh, Classic or the Black Hills Classic, we love being out there and being on both sides of the state. Um, our friends over at OG's, 
um, uh, uh, they also are great at representing the Midwest through apparel and products and that type of thing. So check them out if you get an opportunity. But we always have a booth next to each other. And <laughs> we love it, though, because, yeah. again, like we're both selling stuff or whatever. But we again, we care about each other and, we're, yeah. you know, we respect and appreciate each other. And I love that because anytime there's music involved, there's great people involved. And we get to tell people the story of what we're doing. It's a good time. Well, we got to tell your story in a very brief way yeah. uh, recently in uh, Midtown Coffee Radio Hour, of uh, which I happen to be the the guy that uh, doesn't have any music. Well, I shouldn't say I don't have music talent, but I'm just not in the band. Right, right, I, right. I'm the voice of, hey, now we're going to have this and so forth. But you were the, the guest that night, and yeah. so we got to chat a little bit. Uh, how was that experience for you? Oh, it was awesome. First of all, you know, um, as a person who tries to put good things in the artistic space, I really mm -hmm. try to be a contributor to all of our scenes in whatever way that I can. Um, you know, you see it grow. And so sometimes you see more good than bad. Not not because it's bad, but because it's in process. Right. It's in development. But when you see something that is that has been developed and it's sharp and there's thought in it and there's care and concern in it and there's support for it, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so that was an that was an amazing night. I love seeing that come together. I love seeing all that talent and then being able to be in a mix and participate. That's my jam. Yeah. All right. So let's talk music. Yeah. You said that uh, you've been involved in music for a long time. Doing what? Yes. What all have you done? So I rap stage name uh, V the Noble One. And so some people who are the of the older variety <laughs> uh, remember me from a rap group called the Noblemen, um, starting in the late '90s, went into the 2000s. Uh, then uh, they would remember us from Flame On Entertainment, which is an entertainment company that I had um, where I was as a solo artist, V the Noble One. So I have multiple albums um, through that. And then currently people may have seen me uh, in the current iteration, which is V the Noble One in the Night's Tempo, which is my band. And so we played Levitt, Riverfest, all those oh, different wow. type of places. Yeah. And so um, you know, people would have seen us there. Yeah. Okay. So what got you into rap? Um, you know, it was in my soul. It yeah. was one of those things where I didn't know I could rap. It was one of those things where um my brother and my cousin, my cousin rapped, and I was just in awe of it. I was just like, How do how do you do that? And right. he inspired me. And I was listening to a song um by Tribe Called Quest, and there was a verse, and I was just rapping along with it, and then it cut off or something happened, and I kind of kept going. And I just kind of took it in freestyle, and I was like, Whoa, what is that? I don't know if you ever get that feeling where it's just like lightning really hits and you're like, what just happened? And then I realized like, I got something. And there was a, um, at Lincoln High School, I think 94, 95 at the talent show. This probably would have been the one of the first times, if not the first time rap was performed in the state of South Dakota. <laughs> um, groundbreaker you are. Groundbreaker. You know, my brother and my cousin were going to do an R&B song. And then while they were practicing, they both realized that neither could sing. <laughs> and, and it was going to go terribly bad. And so my brother, you know, he chickened out. And my cousin was kind of left high and dry. And so I was like, you know what, let's do let's let's do a rap. And so we can't, did kind of a cover, Method Man and Red Man. Um, I don't know how they approved it, but somehow they let us do it. And after that, when I came off the stage, I had to bug. I just, number one, I knew I could do it. Mm -hmm. I knew I had the chops. And um, I, that was all she wrote. Any instruments? No instruments. Just I a vocalist. I struggle with the patience. Ah. Uh, yeah. 
I kind of want to be there did, now. Did you ever have to try? I mean, was there? Yeah, a, I played a violin when I was when I was younger. Oh, violin! Younger. Wow. Yeah, 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 I played young violin when okay. I was younger. Younger. Was it? Was that a, a mother influence type thing or any? Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I had just seen it and it just it intrigued me as an instrument. Mm -hmm. um, partly because number one, it wasn't a big brass that I had to lug around, um, but it was. Um, it was it was it had class to it, it had dimensions to it, and I just love the serenity of it. There's just something that strings always kinda obviously when you when you rap percussion is the driving force, percussion and bass are always the things that really drive you and they then they and they do, but the strings kinda spoke to me a little bit. Mm. And so I played that and, and I probably at the time had I continued, might have been thought of as somebody, you know, I was just playing at a really young age, younger than probably most people would. Uh, but it was just one of those things that it, you didn't have that kind of influence. I was in the middle of the hood, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> and, and, you ever think about picking one up again? Uh no. And <laughs> that goes that goes back to the the lack of patience thing. Part of my thing, if you look at my top five for my strength finders, one of them is maximizer, which means I just really love maximizing other people's talents and seeing mm -hmm. other people do well. And I just love people doing things well too much to fiddle with it because I know so many, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, every time I sit down to to really learn guitar or keys or whatever, like I know an amazing keys player. Right. And I know an amazing guitar. Yeah. And, and it just doesn't make sense for me to hack through it when I have a virtuoso <laughs> at my disposal. I can form a band. <laughs> right, I can form a band. And that was the thing for me. And um. I don't want to do it by myself anymore, you know, because as a rapper, it was, you know, it's nice. You get to keep most of the money. I have a DJ in the back. I could just get up there and do it by myself. I can plug in wherever. And, and it was all about me, you know, and being a front man for so long, um, I, I got excited about the idea of collaborating. If you were to put together your all-time band, who would it include? Mm, oh, that is an awesome question. You know, half of it would be the roots. <laughs> so if, you, if you're familiar with <laughs> yep. the roots, like half of the band would be the roots. You know, um, some of my favorite players are in that. You know, but there's different bases. You know, like there's people like Bootsy Collins and phone things on that bass type of situation. Um, guitar. You know, obviously you have your your Clapton's, your BB Kings, yeah. your you know. Uh, uh, even G Gary Clark Jr., who I'll be going to see here in just a little bit, he's amazing that way. Um, uh, man, uh, Tito Puente, I love to have in there. Really, some percussion. Wow. You yeah. know, I love that piece of it. Um, uh, uh, so there's a lot of a lot of different people now as it's coming to me that would be interesting because if you can have anybody, mm -hmm. I would want to put together a band that could do whatever and could take it anywhere so when i think about those people um stevie wonder oh. or, or or uh uh ray charles yeah, on keys tough to go wrong there yeah so so one of those two on keys for sure um felonious monk would, would be one um the, um who else so you need to sell a few more t-shirts to uh, i need to sell a lot here. well if you give me everybody <laughs> if you give me everybody like uh, uh of course uh, i think you'd sell out of t-shirts at a concert like that oh my <laughs> goodness my goodness oh and vocals one of the vocals uh freddie mercury would be on oh vocals. wow um yeah. yeah i always i always was in the queen so right. so half of the band would be queen half of the band would be the roots <laughs> it would be a hodgepodge of 
Kind of uh, a great hodgepodge. Though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do we do we get to hear some of your rap? Could, could, is there something you can come up with right now that uh, or oh, well, we're something kinda, you, we're you think of, of? We're kind of past those days, but I, <laughs> I, I'll uh, I'll I'll tell you. Um, you know, I'll send you some stuff if you want okay. to plug it in, and then Love everybody to. go check it out. Go check it out. Go take a look. And uh, go see some of the old stuff. Some of it makes me cringe. You know, going back and looking at some of the old videos, it makes me cringe a little bit. But um, no, it doesn't actually. It's yeah. part of my. It's part of my catalog. Yeah, part of the growth too. Yeah, it is. It's just you know when you when you create a thing and anybody who's right. a creator, you want people to see your evolution. True. And even though like you appreciate your early things, you don't want people to get caught in that when you're like, but I just did this yeah and you know what what a doing a podcast the thing that has been so interesting to me is okay so you're on episode number 175 which is impressive when, when that comes out uh you're gonna share it and mm -hmm. friends of yours family of yours that have never listened to my show before are going to go oh this is pretty cool every week i still get at least one new download on episode one from 2019 this is incredible. Yeah, and it's just neat, you know, and I'm sitting there, you know, as you were talking about, well, you know, about the growth. It's like, okay, you know, those first couple episodes, we were just doing it uh, and didn't know what the actual tagline or focus of it was going to be. Yeah. And then about, uh, I think it was the third or fourth episode, uh, one of the uh, doctors that uh, my wife works for uh, told me, he says, you know what your show is? He says it's like eavesdropping on a great conversation yeah. with two really interesting people. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's it, the conversation of it. Because I've never been a hard-hitting interviewer. Yeah. Uh, but I just love talking to people. Yeah. And and love finding out what uh, what triggers them. You know, my passion is whatever your passion is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I... But that's the trick of it. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I think the, 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 the idea of the podcast, of any of those type of things come from having a great conversation and being done with it and saying, man, I wish we had a recorded that. That was amazing. <laughs> you know, well, thankfully we do these. <laughs> right, right. Well, in particular, that's why I love the model that you all have um, with the, you know, the, with the radio hour is, is that we sat there so many times in band practice and in between the song, after playing this beautiful song and this euphoric mm -hmm. because we locked in, we caught the same wave, we're feeling good. And we'll start talking about something, either the meaning behind the song, a thing that's going on in life. And we tell these jokes and you have this banter. And because you have a band, naturally, there's some diversity in how people think and their worldviews and their backgrounds. And you have this really dynamic engagement that almost no one gets to see except for the band. And you always kind of think to yourself, man, if people got a chance to hear or see this, right. if I could be a fly on that wall. Yeah. And that, for me, is the beauty of this. And I and I love that part, too, just talking to people. Yeah, when uh, we do Midtown Coffee, uh, that's, that's always such a pleasure for me because, um, you know, I'm, I'm 60 and, uh, well, I think we got a 50-year-old in there. But everybody else primarily 20s, 30s right. in, in that group and so forth. But they will choose a playlist of songs that, yeah, I've heard the songs before. Eh, I didn't go, oh, you know, great tune or anything. But man, when they put that together and you're live and you get the opportunity to take that song in, mm -hmm. it hits the soul. It really does. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. Like you were talking about, you know, when you got something and all of a sudden you realize, wow, this is good. That look you were talking about. Yeah. You know, when you when you're up when you're up on stage and you've shared that eye contact with your band mm -hmm. member, you're like, we're in it. 
Yeah. We're in it. And so many people miss the moment. And that's why I think, you know, music education is such a I'm on the board for the Levitt. And I'm really passionate about, you know, uh, music education and dynamic music education, not just, you know, here's how you play three instruments, but, you know, the whole whole part of it is that music is one of those things that gives you the ability to understand a moment. And if you understand a moment, you're you're you have you're more likely to have a good life because you understand that your life is just made up of a series of moments. And when you can find yourself in one and you notice it. That's the deal. Yeah, be thankful for it. Be thankful for it. That's no the whole thing, especially it. when you're sharing it with somebody else. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so do you consider yourself a creator or a facilitator more? Good observation. Um, uh, more. <laughs> I'm a facilitator more. Okay. I'm a facilitator more. Because, because you I, like to find the creative. So yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't feel obligated to create. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel obligated to facilitate. I love creation. It's something that I probably do naturally in ways that I don't even fully appreciate. Um, but I'm not a person that will really sit down and grind out. So I've, I've never really been that, which is why ultimately it was never the career that I have. It was one of those things where when, um, when I've thought about a thing and I process the thing and I need to express that thing, you know, the, the, the sky's kind of part and I become a conduit, and it just kind of happens. Um, that's mostly how I how I write that way. But as a facilitator, that's one of the things that I wanted to to work at and be proficient at, and help be able to pull a community together, especially coming from poverty, right? Where I'm not a person that ever had control of things, right? I only had influence. And facilitation is, you know, is the way is the best way to maximize influence. And we're so glad you're maximizing things in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and across the state yeah. as well. Certainly do appreciate that. So when you are not uh, in, in the current role, and this is a show all about uh, arts and entertainment, what do you like to be entertained by? Mm, um, I love it all. I, you know, so I love, I love, obviously, anything local, local art, local music, everything. I like to participate in that and engage with that. But I also like um, cinema. I like, you know, being able, one of my favorite things to do is go to a movie by myself. Partly because I'm a pretty social butterfly, so normally I'm <laughs> engaging. And, right. and every once in a while I just need to be in a room by, you know. And even though I'm in there with people, I'm by myself. And so I just like to be able to watch a movie. That's one of the things I really enjoy doing. But if I'm out in the world, it's sitting there watching people be, watching the jam. Mm you know, watching people vibe. And and it's not even just a performance piece of it, it's, a, it's really the camaraderie piece of it that really does it for me. All right. Any other hobbies? Um, I am a coach. I coach youth football. That's one of my other biggest passions um, that I do. I've been coaching for 14 years. Wow. Now, Good for right, you. Yeah, I coach at uh, O'Gorman Junior High currently. Um, so I get a chance to influence young people that way. Um, I'm a habitual board member, so I spend a lot of time <laughs> doing those things. I'm on a lot of that type of stuff. Community stuff. If it touches, the, if it, I'm, I do a lot of community things. Excellent. I mean, We're so thankful for it. Yeah. Vani Herrera, appreciate the time. Thanks for being on the Dave Holly Hour. My pleasure. Thank you for having uh, me. Anytime, buddy. We'll be back with more of the show in just a moment. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. 
His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. -S -S -E or call 605-929-0964. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics. Bisque, studio time, or finished custom items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. for more arts and entertainment talk on the Dave Holly Hour. Welcome back, everyone. You may have heard it over the past few weeks, and I know what's first coming to your mind is, yeah, Dave, we know. At the beginning of every conversation, you say it's always a pleasure to talk to Empire Arts Entertainment. Yes, but you know what else? If you've been listening the past few weeks, you know tomorrow night is the last comic standing being brought to you by Junior League of Sioux Falls, great organization. It's big fundraiser. The winner of that competition gets 500 bucks cash. But that's not the only thing. That's not all the entertainment. Sure, there's nine great comics. There's this wonderful host that kind of looks like Santa Claus. Uh, but then there's also music, and that's going to come to us via Blake Rave and the Unmentionables. Blake Rave. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm great. How are you? If I were any better, I'd be twins. I'd get twice as much done. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that would be, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Well, you've uh, you've done a lot lately. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, it's not often I get to say fresh off of performances in London. Fresh Here's, off the plane, Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty well, uh, which uh, is a bit of a story in of itself, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's quite the story. Yeah, so so what took place is you're trying to come back to the U.S. because we've been back and forth on the messages trying to get this all hooked up. And it's like, oh, man, my flight's canceled. Won't be until Saturday or Sunday or whatever. And the mm -hmm. next one, missed my flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually pretty comical uh, by the end of it all. Uh, still kind of hard to believe, but... Yeah, my first flight got canceled for no reason, and then uh, just like due to booking issues, I pushed right. out like almost the whole week, and then uh, yeah, missed my missed my flight barely. They wouldn't let me through security, so oh, I had wow. to stay another night. I thought oh. if I miss it again for whatever reason, uh, act of God, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay in London. Sorry, <laughs> you'd have missed a gig though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have had to send a replacement. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so how long has Blake Raven the Unmentionables been performing music? Gosh, we've been together for about two years, mm -hmm. I'd say. We formed here in Sioux Falls, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's, it's it's been a great experience, and uh, we just keep moving on to bigger things. It feels like so. Excellent, really and nice. we'll talk about some of those bigger yeah. things. But let's let's well, talk most about recently. Uh, we got to do the White Wall sessions. Yeah, um, saw that their yeah. final season. Yeah. Apparently, so I know uh, hard to imagine that. I that's... remember seeing that show uh, a couple years back, first time I'd ever seen it, and I thought that's so cool. I'd love to be on that show someday. Yeah, and, and, and you got to be on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> thanks to the band. And uh, I mean, we've been in talks to play Love It. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, I mean, I'm super excited about this uh, show coming up at the district. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. And uh, so you will be the pre-music. You will be the intermission music. Do you have some little stuff to go along as we introduce the uh, each of the acts? Got a little play on music or anything? Well, I'm not sure about that. I so I'll talk to the band about it tonight. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, find out if you uh, if you yeah. can get that uh, ready and so forth. Uh, but, you know, feel free to throw in some rim shots and anything else along that line as you see fit. Uh, but uh, so what can we expect to hear while you're taking the stage before the comics and at intermission? Yeah, so we're welcoming everybody into the venue. Um, we'll just be playing a mix of of our songs. So I write all the music. Um so it's all original, uh, you know, just some some party music, get people mm -hmm. in the mood, get people drinking, having a good time, and uh, yeah. Original works is becoming much more prevalent, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'd like. You know, there's to still see it. obviously cover bands out there and so forth. For sure, um, I'd like to see it become more prevalent. Um, a lot of venues book primarily cover bands, and so mm -hmm. a lot of times people are surprised to hear that I've been making a career playing only original music um, you know and getting paid to play uh, so that's really cool well I know as you mentioned the Levitt isn't that one of their uh, particular that you have to have original music for the six songs if you're an opener and so forth yeah that's one of their requirements yeah. yeah so you got that six all picked out there oh gosh that's a hard one uh, even <laughs> even when we play shorter sets I have so many songs it's hard to uh, you know decide which ones we're gonna play and a lot of times when I play solo, I don't need a set list. You know, mm -hmm. I'll just decide in the moment. But unfortunately, it doesn't always work for the band. So, uh, yeah. so how many are in the band, and who are they, and what do they play? Um, so right now, the core members um, would be Paul Brown, drummer, mm -hmm. and Eric Turner on guitar and lead okay. guitar, and Kevin Lally on bass. All right. So. And then, of course, me on acoustic guitar, on acoustic typically, and, and, uh, yeah, and the vocals. writing and vocals. And yeah. Yeah. When did you first start writing? Uh, really, I started creating, you know, before I could physically write. Um, I think as long as I've been able to use language, um, I've been using it creatively. Uh -huh. But I think I really got into writing in middle school where I think it was more poetry and kind of, uh, it might've been through a writing class or something mm -hmm. um, and just kind of latched onto that, but more towards like writing song lyrics. Although I didn't have any musical instrument, like I wasn't playing anything. Um, but then high school, it became a little more uh, serious. Um, and then I got to a point where I thought I need a guitar so I can really write these songs. Um, and I got one for my birthday one year and just kind of exploded from there. And now it's guess, been the yeah. gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting because, you know, sometimes one of my questions I love to ask somebody that's a singer-songwriter is, you know, what's coming to you first? You get in those lyrics and then you, you plunk something out and, and see what sounds good with it? Or does the music come to you first? But in your case, it was always the writing first then. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Um, you know, I always tell people I'm, I mean, I'm not a guitar player. I'm not a singer. Like I'm, I'm a songwriter first and I do those other things just so I can, you know, share the songs. But, uh, really my craft is, is the, uh, is the writing, the writing. Yeah. What do you write then? 
Do you Gosh. have a particular genre that you fit into or? That's a tough one too. Cause everyone always wants to know, you know mm -hmm. what kind of music do you play? Um, and I really haven't found a genre that like really uh, encompasses my music. I think in part because I've got a lot of different influences. And so my style, I've got my own style, right? pardon me, but from song to song, I mean, the genre could change, you know, a bit. Um, and then it also depends on the musicians I'm playing with. Uh, I do like to, when I play with other musicians, I like to let them bring their own kind of flair, right. creativity yeah. to things. So I try not to be too demanding um, on how they play my, my music. Yeah. With that being said, then, uh, when you're writing and you're in that process and things are just snapping for you and so forth, are you thinking of the band or are you just thinking lyrics at that point? And we'll see what happens afterward. Um, well, so I started my career as a solo performer. Mm -hmm. And then, as I mentioned, the last two years I've been with the Unmentionables. I think it was about a year into being in the band where I did start to like change how I think when I'm writing. Um, like, cause I, I was writing the song, Some Losing Games, and it's more like rocky, a little angsty, um, but I could like hear these different parts, uh, you know, I thought, okay. And then because I wanted the lead guitar to sound a certain way, I changed what I was planning on doing vocally so yeah i mean i've definitely started to like evolve how i write based on other other musicians are you a quick writer or are you one of those that writes mm. something and uh you get about halfway and put it on the shelf come back to it years later and finish it off yes <laughs> <laughs> i guess it really depends um i mean if i've got if i'm motivated to write a song and like actually complete it. I mean, I can sit down and do it. Um, it takes a little of the, the fun out of it, I think. Um, but yeah, usually I'm just inspired by something and I'll start with some lyrics and either I'll work on it for a couple of days, you know, and or I'll, I'll shelf it and come back to it a long time later and, or I'll never, never see it again. Um, Who are the songwriters yeah. that uh, you admire? Um, well, Jewel, Jewel, if anyone mm -hmm. remembers Jewel from like the 90s, she was like a big inspiration for me because she was a singer-songwriter and just touring the world with her guitar and that was it, you know, and like how cool is that? Um, like Damien Rice is one, um, Brandy Carlisle, and then her partners, uh, the Han Hanseroth brothers, mm -hmm. They, one of them, Tim, does a lot of the writing, so he's probably more of a... An inspiration to me than Brandy Carlisle actually is, even though she's a singer. Um, gosh, who else? Like Tom Petty. Um, so when you were listening to music uh, in the teen years, when that seems to be everybody's time where it really hits what they like for music and so forth, um, were you into the music itself, or because you'd already been writing and creating with uh, language? were you the lyrical person yeah i mean that's another thing um i've always focused on the lyrics so it wasn't until within the last few years that i started like playing um where i started listening to the music in songs and even now i can listen to a song that i've heard you know a thousand times and i'll hear something new 
in the instruments. True. Um, so, I mean, that's been really cool. Yeah, I've got a good friend that always says that uh, live music is good for the soul. And uh, I, I especially take that to heart uh, when I'm hearing a song that I heard on the radio and when it was on the radio during its time, I didn't necessarily care for it. And now I hear it and it's like, damn, that's a good song. Yeah. You know, that, and so it is, you know, different times, whatever you know, happens to be going on in life and so forth. Uh, you know, you change your attitude towards music. And what's great then is uh, the fact that you put out original music and that's all you guys play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we like to throw in a cover uh, once in a while, mm-hmm. maybe like one every show and try and change it. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely about it's about the original music. All right. So we've got uh, Junior League's last comic standing coming up tomorrow night, Friday night. And uh, in that case, uh, you are going to be, you know, playing beforehand, playing during the intermission, and people have the chance to uh, ask you when you're not playing, you know, hey, where else could we find you? And so forth. You mentioned you were talking about, uh, you know, in some talks with a Levitt to play there. Anything set yet for this coming summer? Um, no, nothing set. I'll, okay. I'll be going back to London, um, possibly in June to film okay. a TV show. So, oh. Uh, <laughs> Kind of have a to, TV have to show yeah. won't tell us about that. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, it's actually, it's kind of a, a farce. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a makeover musician show. So basically they take their contestants and turn them into their favorite um, pop stars or whatever <laughs> music <laughs> idol. And then you perform and compete as another artist, which is quite ironic. Considering right. Considering you I, like original stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, I think it's like far enough out there. Like mm-hmm. it just, it sounded like fun. Um, so I'll, I'll hear back soon on. Well, that's you know, excellent. I'm doing it, but, so in the meantime, uh, tell us about having played in London recently. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you, Alexa. We don't need you right now. Alexa, off. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't recall saying her name to ask her for anything. Playing in London was great. Uh, I played at a lot of different pubs, mm-hmm. um, some really cool, unique venues as well. Um, I got to film a music video while I was there. Look, what else? I almost got mugged. Oh, <laughs> attempted mugged, uh-huh. yeah. But uh, I've seen Kill Bill enough times. Where <laughs> I've got the moves. You know. uh, What's the difference between a pub crowd and uh, in the United Kingdom versus a pub crowd in the U.S.? The pub crowd in the United Kingdom is rowdy. Um, I don't know what time they show up, but they're there before I got there, and uh, you know. Very, very uh, supportive, mm-hmm. like excited, very vocal. Um, a lot of sing-along, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. A lot of shouting from the crowd, and uh, it's fun, though. I mean, it, and they go a little later into the uh, nighttime too, don't they? Typically, it depends where you go. I found a lot of places were closing early. Oh, um, yeah. So there's, I mean, they've got clubs that are open till six a.m. and some of the bars <laughs> stay open right. till four, but a lot of yeah. them are like twelve or midnight. I mean, two or midnight. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Well, wow, fun times though. Mm-hmm. So, what draws you to England? Um, what is it about the London that you enjoy going there so often and being a part of the culture scene? 
Well, to be fair, I I never wanted to go. Um, oh, <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna like <laughs> it. I thought that people were gonna hate me because um, I'm American. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I was working. I'm working with a company, a recording company, and they're based in London. Okay. Um, so the opportunity came up to go over there in the summer. Um, so yeah, I went. But now, I mean, I mean, I feel like it's for as old as it is. It's very very modern. Um, which is really cool. I think someone told me they're ahead of, of the U.S. in technology by like three years or something. Well, they I definitely know, were in uh, like high-definition TV for a long time. Really? Yeah, yeah, they were way ahead on that. So, But, I mean, I've just had great experiences there. Um, I think it's beautiful. I love the architecture, the weather. Um, yeah. At what point did you say, okay, uh, this is it. I, I truly want to be a singer-songwriter. This is how I want to make my living. Uh, I guess I've I felt that way for a long time, but it wasn't until a year ago when I actually did it. Um, so that was very, I mean, very scary, but very liberating as well. Uh, but I mean, I think, you know, probably for like at least the last 15 years, it's what I've wanted to do. Right. Yeah. And where do you think you're going to go besides London? Everywhere, what, what, are, what are your aspirations? <laughs> um, well, we're working on a European tour. So, like Amsterdam, Berlin. Um, For the whole Paris. band. Um, or well, we'll or see. just you? We'll see. I mean, I would love to take the band. Right. Um, logistically, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a lot of luggage. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I mean, of anvil cases. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so just touring around Europe and maybe the whole world someday. Um, okay, so out, out of saying that, around the world someday, yeah. what is the place that you go, oh, that would be so great to perform there? Um, gosh. Well, you know, I don't really know a lot of like venues, mm -hmm. um, but just like location. Um, in other words, where is it that you'd really like to take a great vacation, but if you go there as a performer, you can write it off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is tax season, huh? Yes. I mean, I'd really like to go to Paris, I think. Um, the City of Lights, yeah. yeah. It'd be cool to play a show in front of the Eiffel Tower. Or in oh, the Eiffel Tower, come on. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, get those uh, promo pictures from that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so besides, uh, you know, playing a little guitar acoustic wise and doing the singing songwriting, uh, what do you like in terms of other art? Hmm. Um, I love the culinary arts. Mm -hmm. I actually went to culinary school. Really? Degree, yeah. So um, up until I um, started doing music full time, I was actually running a restaurant in Pipestone. Excellent. And, uh, Which one? The Stonehouse. No kidding. Stonehouse and Quarry Lounge. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, there have yeah. been some great restaurants in that town over the years, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a good one, too. All right, so what's your go-to dish to make? Uh, when we say, okay, play Crave, what is it that you can cook for us? Okay, yeah, I was going to say it depends who I'm cooking for. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you're, you're going to cook for me. I love basically anything grilled. Uh, not a huge uh, seafood person, but, uh, you know, if it's beef, pork, chicken on a grill i'm there i do love salads 
Uh, I love to try other things, uh, you know, stuff those mushrooms. Mm, okay, yeah. you know, so uh, give you a little bit to work with there now. Now feed me. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what's better than a mid-rare ribeye fresh off oh, the grill, huh? Just a little salt and yeah. pepper and uh, bone-in ribeye. Oh yeah, oh, gotta have the bone. Yeah, man, that makes such a difference. Mm. I remember the first time I had one. I think it was out in Las Vegas. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm looking like Fred Flintstone here with one of those big ribs. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fresh off the grill with a bone-in ribeye. Oh. The restaurant I excuse me, the restaurant I worked at in Omaha, we served, it was pretty classy, and we served 64 ounce, I think. Uh, oh, no, was it 64? 128. Oh. Tomahawks, like, they're wow. massive and dry-aged. Oh. It was fun to serve those, actually. Yeah. And now, did you have a competition where if you ate the whole thing, you got a T-shirt? Uh, no, we didn't do that. No. Because that's way yeah. too much for any man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so how many would be in a typical party that would order that? Oh, usually, I mean, two to four people. Yeah. Share it, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I remember there was a, a wonderful steakhouse up at Lake Chitek for many years. Uh, and they had a... 34 ounce ribeye and this is back in the days when i was anywhere between 350 and 400 pounds and i couldn't finish it but it made the best damn steak sandwiches the next mm. day yeah always love that all right so culinary arts yeah yeah, yeah. well that's fantastic now do do your bandmates uh, make you cook for them ever Oh, uh, no. Or do uh, they not know this trait? You know, I'm convinced my bandmates don't eat because every time I <laughs> offer to bring food, they never, like, they're all like, no, no. Like, all right. We'll just drink beer then. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> all right. If you are not uh, performing yourself, who do you like to go see? Uh, you know, I like, I just like to go out and see local, local music. Yeah. I love finding new bands. Um, I love supporting my friends that are in bands. So really, like any chance, any chance I get, I'm just, I don't even care who it is, well, you know. Well said. I like that, you know. Yeah, and then I, I, mean, I think one night uh, a group of us hit before COVID. We had five venues in one day. Oh wow! Just local venues, just picking venue up. Venue hopping. Yeah, that was good, uh, and uh, it makes life so much better when you have. Things like that to go to, and we are so blessed that uh, this community has blossomed in such a way to provide that. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I feel like even since I've been in the area, like been back to the area, mm -hmm. um, it's really started to pick up. And my drummer Paul Brown, he actually has been pretty um, instrumental in in getting a lot of things set up around town um, for the original musicians. So he's gotten several venues together to start booking on a regular right. basis and so it's been yeah it's great and what he's doing for the mu music community and the dive bar community you know oh it's great that it is no doubt about it all right well blake rave uh looking forward to hearing you and the unmentionables tomorrow night at the junior league it's the last comic standing competition and it's at the district doors open at 6 30 and that's about the time you'll start playing then won't it yeah all right Excellent. Appreciate it. And thanks for taking the time to be on the Dave Holly Hour. Thanks so, for having me, Dave. You bet. You. And we'll be back to wrap up the show 
in just a moment. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or xlchiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. XL Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly. Thanks once again. A couple of great guests, Vani Harari and Blake Ray. And of course, thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, following in social media, now over 750 Facebook followers, over 650 Instagram followers, and of course, for your overall support of this show. Now, if you haven't done so so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, automatically gets you entered for Pizza with a Podcaster. For all 175 episodes, go online, DaveHollyHour.com. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art, as Arts South Dakota says, Home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by TJS Ceramics, Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.